Welcome to the Stefan Levira Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the show. And my guest today is Sergey Kotlia. Welcome to the show, Sergey. Thanks, Stefan. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks very much for coming on. So, guys, just to introduce Sergey to the listeners, Sergey is a very well-known Bitcoin advocate and speaker. He is the CEO of BitRefill. So you can find them at bitrefill.com. And they allow the purchase of online vouchers and mobile phone top-ups all around the world. Right, And so just so listeners know what to expect, what, what I'm hoping to cover in this episode um, particularly in the first half of the episode, is around the merchant experience in taking Bitcoin and Lightning payments, and then you know talking about the challenges and the benefits of that. So if you're an entrepreneur thinking about taking crypto and Bitcoin payments, this is ideal for you. And in the second half of the episode, we can talk a little bit more generally about Bitcoin and Lightning adoption. So uh, yeah, so let's um, go into a little more detail on that, Sergey. So I think. Um, I think stories are what make it real for people. So maybe tell us your story on, you know, taking Bitcoin and Lightning payments with BitRefill. Right. Um, so I guess uh, if we look at how, how the company came about uh, almost four years ago now, it was, uh, it was on an experimental basis. Uh, it was, uh, I would say the, the, the mood was very similar then to what it is now. Uh, in the in the broader Bitcoin community, people were trying stuff, experimenting, um, and uh, uh, wanted to to you know get in there and had heard about all of these uh, different scams and problems that uh, that uh, that happen in the, in the crypto world. So I figured let's uh, let's try something simple and uh, you know let's uh, sell something. <laughs> uh, what can we sell? Well, it's something digital, right? So we don't so we have to bother with. Uh, uh, with a delivery and what what kind of digital things are there well there's there's gift cards there's uh, prepaid phone refills uh, i managed to get us access to a to an api for prepaid phone refills uh, launched the very first website which actually used bitpay as a as a, a payment service um, uh, and just uh, pushed the button and somehow it got a lot of attention and uh, all over the world uh, and we had users uh, then coming in from countries like you know Bangladesh and India and um, and South Africa and so on and uh, that kind of set off a process of thinking okay what is this uh, what are these prepaid phones uh, okay there's billions of people that have them and so on um, and gradually sort of on the, that way the company kind of uh, happened uh, a little bit uh, I think on its own in that uh, the market. Uh, has been pulling some stuff out of us, um, and from 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 my perspective, we've always had uh, the same direction, you know, which is to uh, to move towards a world where where Bitcoin is used as a, uh, as a transactional currency, you know, where people are uh, using it to to pay people. <laughs> um, I guess uh, medium medium of exchange and all that. Uh, and so, mm, yeah, so okay. uh, about uh, uh, about the lightning stuff, uh, as you may recall, in uh, 2017, the, we were starting to see indications of transaction fees going up, and there, this sparked this whole political debate. And people were using uh, merchants such as us as a, some type of uh, bat uh, to or to swing in the argument. And uh, uh, sometimes people were talking for us uh, and saying things that we weren't really agreeing with. And so uh, we kind of got pulled in to all of the, those things uh, and into these uh, discussions uh, for setting things straight. Uh, when it comes to Lightning, it, uh, from my perspective, we've kind of always known, or at least I've sort of always known that this is, uh, this is where it's going to end up. Um, uh, before I started BitRefill, uh, I was uh, uh, close to joining uh, another startup uh, here in uh, uh, in Sweden called uh, Strope, uh, who were, uh, uh, this was in 2014, uh, were working on payment channels. So they had identified that uh, eventually uh, the Bitcoin network won't scale for each transaction to be sent to everybody 
and then they identified that uh, payment channels would be the solution uh, and they started then working on uh, i guess the best uh, uh, way of doing payment channels with the technology that we had then which is pre-segwit uh, and they had uh, were working on a, a setup for uh, a, a little bit closer to the visa model of like different classes of uh, uh, there were some elements that would require some trust but it was largely uh, trustless between the end user and and the connecting node so uh, and so this is, was kind of always uh, uh, not always but since uh, since many years back known that eventually like something like this is where it's going to be, uh, I sat yeah, when uh, uh, when uh, Taj, uh, Julia, and Joseph Poon presented uh, the lighting presentation. I was actually in the audience and I was uh, taking pictures and sending them to the guys at Strape, saying, "Hey, look, <laughs> look what the Americans are up to these days." Oh, yeah. um, so, um, so it's uh, uh, it's been kind of known since always that uh, something like this and i think also if you you think about and count backwards from the goal you know uh, if the goal is that we're, we're in a world where we're uh, we're bitcoin or even broader cryptocurrency if you so want uh, is used uh, transactionally day to day then that requires something and that something might as well uh, be lightning it's the best candidate that we've seen this far yeah. And so what it came for us, um, it started with, uh, uh, in the last summer, uh, we had uh, uh, then uh, uh, an intern uh, named Justin Camarena, uh, who's uh, uh, now getting a little bit of, uh, of fame in the lightning world and is working with us since a year back, uh, who was... Uh, Playing around with Lightning uh, on this uh, free time, and we we were like, let's see what we can do with a with an experimental uh, setup, um, and we just uh, you know plugged it in, tested it out, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, and uh, a little bit on on that way it's been. Um, it's uh, like from from what I think uh, uh, about technology is that it's uh, like from my perspective, it's more interesting. Uh, when it, when it's being used for something real, yeah, that's uh, even if uh, that means that you're not using uh, the latest, fanciest, uh, bleeding edgiest. Yeah, but whenever something uh, like a real financial transaction happens with it, I think that that's kind of like that's what really matters to me. I would say. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think what you've done is you were really one of the pioneers, you and your company BitRefill had pioneered the use of lightning payments online to take um, payments at a dramatically lower cost than any other merchant was able to do because of the fees with lightning are just so much lower. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about any potential uh, challenges that your company faced in terms of taking lightning payments well um uh, i guess uh, it's always uh, uh, there's this weird uh, enthusiasm about lightning that when you when you uh, mention i mentioned in an interview a couple of weeks ago and i said that everything in cryptocurrency has different trade-offs and lightning has some trade-offs too uh, and that became like a headline <laughs> the truthful ceo says that uh, uh, lightning has trade-offs uh, which uh, yeah, which is funny it, it is true but uh, you know um yeah, people are right, still seeing it. I think like uh, like uh, a magical thing. Uh, but some challenges uh, that we've been dealing with, um, I think this far we're still at a phase where uh, Lightning users are the the tinkering kind. So it's uh, it's not even. Uh, uh, it's not even the early adopters. It's it's the innovators. It's uh, uh, the people who are who use it with command line. Uh, we have some uh, users that use uh, GUI wallets uh, like uh, like Eclair and uh, and the Bitcoin Lightning wallet on Android. Um, I would say uh, we're still we're still waiting for 
for uh, uh, the release of all of the different neutrino-based uh, wallets, uh, such as Zap, uh, which would uh, be a good wallet for iOS, and Lightning Labs' own wallet, and uh, a couple of other projects that that we still haven't seen. You know, there's still no, I would say, no good wallet f- for iOS. At least not not that is available mainnet in the App Store. Uh, and so, and so yeah, sure, that sure. means that also probably the challenges that we've seen this far uh, are going to be different from the challenges that we see uh, now. From what I understand, many of these projects are very close to releasing. So, so soon we're going to go into a, a new phase uh, where, uh, where uh, everybody can uh, easily install a Lightning Wallet and, and start really using it. Uh, and uh, Yeah, it's a great point you make around how at the start it was really the tinkerers, the people who were hashtag right. reckless, the people who were really willing to just go out there and try it. And they were willing to risk losing a little bit of money because they wanted to be one of the first people using Lightning to buy real things on BitRefill. Now, let's maybe talk about some of the benefits. So I, I think number one that, you know, if you're if you're just listening and you want to understand what are the benefits, well, number one, think about the lower fees, right? So if Lightning fees might be one Satoshi, and if one USD today buys something like 15,000 Satoshis, this is phenomenally lower than any other merchant processing available. So that's uh, one big benefit. Do you want to talk about any other benefits that you saw, perhaps uh, lower customer support tickets or just right. ease so of about interface? The stuff, uh, I would say that that's not even... <laughs> Yeah, at this point, it's not the primary driver. Uh, fees uh, on Bitcoin are uh, currently trivially low, and I've even gone as far as to go on record saying that I don't think we're going to see another uh, month-long period like we had during during the new year uh, of high fees. Uh, I think Lightning is uh, interesting. Like for for a future scenario when we see uh, a similar level of congestion. Uh, which I don't think is going to happen for a while, um, not because there isn't demand, but simply because of all the different other uh, scaling technologies that have been adopted um, uh, on the network. So just mainly batching um, kind of resolves uh, uh, a lot of the pressure for a while. Uh, but when it comes to uh, uh, benefits, yeah, so the user experience uh, ends up uh, a lot easier. So... Um, one of the uh, one of the big uh, issues uh, uh, that uh, we've been dealing with with regular on-chain uh, transactions is that if uh, if uh, the user uh, has to copy the address and the amount, uh, then uh, there is a high risk of something going wrong, uh, and. Uh, uh, what what we've learned is, uh, and this has been, I think, known for for a long while, is you know if you let users make mistakes, they will make mistakes, and they will assume things that uh, uh, maybe make sense to them. You know, maybe a user will will send uh, a little bit less uh, bitcoins than what was written on the invoice. Uh, maybe the user's wallet calculated a US dollar amount that. Uh, uh, that is uh, uh, the same as uh, the uh, the gift card, but we calculated a different amount, and that creates a discrepancy, uh, maybe an underpayment, and we need to handle those. And uh, if we introduce leniency into our system, as we had in the past, and that that gets abused, that's problematic as well. Um, so there. Sure. So let's talk a bit about what happens in those scenarios. So let's say a user had accidentally paid the wrong amount or underpaid or you know just underpaid the invoice then what's involved from a manual processing point of view right. for you so guys at from, bit from our perspective we try to handle this stuff uh, automatically as far as possible uh, we display a view to the user saying hey you underpaid by this much uh, please uh, send another uh, this much uh, btc to this address uh, or we offer them uh, you know or or type in your address uh, your your own bitcoin address and you'll get a refund uh, of the money that you paid, and that solves a lot of it, but still it, it creates a, a less than great user experience. Sometimes users uh, don't really understand what happened, what went wrong, what was uh, the problem. Um, 
sometimes it was the wallet that they used or the exchange. You know, a lot of users, uh, yeah, this is something that people don't talk about, but like a lot of transactions are sent directly from exchanges. Uh, and their uh, exchanges sometimes, for example, will take a fee uh, out of the amount that is being sent, uh, which in the end means that we don't receive the amount that was expected and so on. So, um, uh, and uh, add to this that uh, uh, people from all over the world don't always speak English and so on. And there's a lot of user confusion that, that can happen. And with, with Lightning, it kind of, uh, um, it forces uh, uh, certain, uh, certain patterns. So it forces, uh, uh, you know, that there is uh, either a QR code that you scan uh, or that there's this long uh, Lightning invoice string that you have to copy paste. Uh, but in either case, uh, there's... Uh, uh, there's a much lower risk of, uh, of something going wrong. Uh, and on top of that, there's also the questions involving transactions. Uh, so uh, a regular Bitcoin transaction ends up in the mempool and then uh, uh, is waiting for, uh, for being included in a block. Uh, we try to process them uh, even uh, without confirmations, but we have certain rules and heuristics uh, that many transactions pass, but some don't. Um, but a lot of stuff, different things can happen. You know, suddenly uh, someone uh, makes a couple of megabytes of transactions that outbid the user's transaction and they get stuck. And, uh, and uh, the user is uh, uh, often eager, you know, especially when, uh, when uh, dealing with phone refills, uh, when someone runs out of data <laughs> on, their, uh, on their, uh, their phone, they're quite eager to get it resolved quickly. And there, there is not always a great experience to wait for an undetermined amount of time until a block comes in. Uh, and, and, and the way things work with Lightning yeah. is sort of that yeah, the transaction has already happened, uh, right? The transaction that opens the channel uh, is something that the user uh, needs to resolve within their wallet so that it separates uh, in a nicer way uh, all of that stuff and, and let's uh, yeah, let's the wallet uh, uh, handle all of this so that uh, when the user comes to us uh, there is no need for for uh, on-chain bitcoin transactions they can just scan and go yeah fantastic i like that and i think i'd summarize that as lightning basically forces the correct payment to the right address and to the correct payment amount and not only that it because it happens instantly you don't have to wait for this undetermined period of time because uh, with bitcoin the blocks could happen in five minutes it could happen in 10 minutes or it could happen in one hour so that is another you know huge benefit yeah um the other question i had was uh, just around education because your company Obviously, the use of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is still relatively new for many people. To what extent has your company and your staff had to spend time educating people on cryptocurrency right. and Bitcoin? So, I guess uh, that has varied a little bit uh, over time. Uh, we still uh, have the thing that we, we share uh, within the company, um, uh, all of the customer service. Uh, so that uh, everybody gets to to interact uh, with uh, at least some of the customers, uh, and at least uh, at least when something goes wrong, uh, we get to interact with them and and fix it, uh, and that's a good way to getting to know the users. Um, well, I just lost my train of thought here. Um, yeah, so I mean, have you got any um, stories that you can tell in terms of right, times right, right, you've right. had to help so, a customer so deal we kind with? Of made a, you know? made the, uh, made the uh, tra- made the, the like a, a line in the sand that hey we're not going to be selling people on on Bitcoin and we're not going to be uh, you know uh, innovating new things uh, and, uh, and and but gradually like those things have uh, uh, we've kind of been forced uh, to to do uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of that as well um, so when it comes to educating I think. Uh, we do we do a lot of stuff, and but we also see that uh, others use us as an education tool. So if you, for example, search for um, uh, BitRefill on YouTube, 
you're going to see walkthroughs and tutorials in all kinds of languages uh, with people you know, painting on the screen and explaining uh, how the payment flow happens and so on. Um, from, from when it comes to uh, the Lightning stuff, uh, yeah, we've kind of had to, in some cases, explain. And we always, we always write uh, blog posts uh, that are very like, do this, do this, do this, do this for each new a uh, new feature that uh, that we create um but again uh, i think we're also going to uh, move into to a, another phase with the lightning stuff when uh, we're going to see a, a more more of a mainstream adoption of those things and that's going to be interesting yeah it's interesting you say that because it's like there's almost this externality that is being born or, you know, the companies that take crypto earlier have to kind of wear that cost of dealing with customers who aren't as familiar with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, you know, and in, in a sense, you kind of indirectly spend time educating customers, whether that's customer support tickets um, or, you know, more time spent doing blog posts, teaching people, okay, this is the correct way to do it. Do you anticipate that over time, that will become easier with better wallets and better interfaces that help automatically sure, deal with these things uh, for the customers. Uh, for everything is uh, is improving uh, uh, quickly. Uh, like we discussed already, like the, the UX uh, benefits of Lightning are huge. Uh, now we just need to get to the point where uh, where there's wallets in everybody's hand, uh, and then we're probably going to see quick iterations on on the wallets uh, finding out. Uh, which parts of the UX assumptions that have been made uh, work, which parts don't work, what causes user confusion. Um, I think uh, when it comes to Lightning, a lot of, uh, I think the wallet ca- wallets uh, carry a, a lot of the educational burden, um, which um, I, don't, I don't know how fair that is either, um, because wallets usually aren't even uh, making that much money. But... I think in, in, uh, with the Lightning stuff, it happens a little bit uh, uh, naturally yeah, that uh, it's, they, it's the wallet that gets the questions. Um, uh, but uh, Yeah, good point. Yeah, of course, it's, it's hard uh, that we need to educate people. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, the cost of doing business. I mean, if, uh, uh, if we didn't... I think every company needs to educate its users to some extent. Uh, and help its users figure out how to use uh, whichever thing it is that it is. So I don't know if it's if it's that uh, sort of. Uh, yeah, sure. And I think you mentioned a good point earlier as well that it's some, to some extent these explanations and education is crowdsourced when there are other people out there right. saying, "Oh, look, here is how you do a bit refill transaction online," and here's a YouTube there video. There's a huge community of enthusiasts. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff. Uh, I mean, you, we're all on Twitter uh, these days and uh, uh, seeing the huge amounts of thinking and uh, uh, both uh, yeah, both philosophy but also tutorials. And like, there is a lot of people uh, who are, are trying to help this, uh, this become a thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, those, uh, some, some, some of those people code and they code and some of those people don't code and they, they usually... Uh, promote and explain and i think that's uh, working pretty uh, pretty neatly in the in the ecosystem that we have sure how about getting staff who are crypto savvy has this kind of talent been hard to come by uh, yeah uh, it has uh, i would say that it's actually easier with the lightning stuff uh, and that's something that uh, is very uh, curious uh, at least to me that it seems like uh, young people that can code are uh, drawn to to lightning uh, in a sort of intrigued, I guess, uh, and uh, start tinkering with it. So uh, we get a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, really good inbound, at least on the engineering side and the backend side. Uh, we're seeing a lot of really good people uh, reach out and. Uh, want to work with us I'd say the difficulty uh, and that's also I guess an interesting topic to discuss is that different personality types are drawn to different things and 
uh, in Bitcoin, uh, we have uh, a large amount of, uh, how would you say, like the backend or algorithmically minded uh, uh, type people that are uh, drawn to it. And, but on the other hand, I would say that we, we have a, a lack of uh, uh, the visually minded, the aesthetic uh, design UX, uh, that kind of people. Uh, that is uh, still uh, in uh, in short supply, and so that's something that we m- maybe should uh, should uh, uh, think about how we can uh, attract more of that kind of people. Yeah, fascinating. I hadn't thought about it like that, but it actually does make a lot of sense. Okay, that's um yeah. I mean, they're the key um, points I was interested to cover with in terms of you know bit refill and your experience uh, with taking. Lightning. Uh, let's now change to discussing a little bit more just broadly about Bitcoin and Lightning adoption. So those of us who are kind of more monetary maximalists and believe that Bitcoin will someday be worth millions per Bitcoin, you know, that kind of person, probably myself included, likely doesn't want to spend a large portion of the Bitcoin stash for various reasons. That could be maintaining privacy, not wanting to pay capital gains tax, or at least not yet, or not wanting to pay unnecessary exchange fees in trying to spend and replace, let's say. Um, but I know you've also got some thoughts in terms of what Bitcoiners can focus on in terms of uh, the medium of exchange component. Yeah, so there's a, a lot of stuff in what you just brought up. Uh, I think, I mean, generally, uh, of course, someone who uh, acquired uh, uh, Bitcoins uh, online uh, for the purposes of investment uh, is not going to go out. uh, And the first thing to do is to go and buy something with them, right? That's nobody buys something online in order to buy something online. That's that's not the right way to to look at it. But I think that... For example, already people who uh, you know have have, have been uh, in uh, invested in Bitcoin for a longer time and have had their coins uh, go up in value, uh, those people are very eager to uh, to to spend some of it. Uh, and uh, we also see you know, already today a, a pretty big demand from people uh, that are eager to earn uh, coins. And I think that that's something that uh, we as a community should uh, should pay more attention to, because yeah, we have, you know, according to different uh, surveys, uh, there's uh, some tens of millions of people that uh, that uh, own coins in some capacity, yeah, but there's probably ten times or even a hundred times more people that are aware yeah, of Bitcoin that don't maybe super know how it works or what it is or care about all of the uh, you know, uh, sound money and uh, all of the other stuff that we can discuss. You know, people who just uh, see it as, you know, it's money. It's, uh, it's foreign money and it's better money than, uh, in most cases, it's better money than the regular money that they use every day. And so we, we, uh, and we see some of that on, on BitRefill that people shout and, uh, are are asking like how can we uh, how can I earn coins here, you know? And there is a, uh, there is a pretty big already I would say uh, ecosystem uh, of uh, of people that are uh, that are uh, earning money uh, in uh, in Bitcoin. Uh, everything from uh, proper uh, you know salaries and, and consultancy fees and things like that. But also really minor stuff like rewards for uh, for small stuff or or faucets uh, or uh, little micro tasks and I mean faucets. The if you look at uh, uh, a site uh, that not many Western Bitcoiners know, uh, which is freebitco.im, uh, which I, I always bring up as one of my uh, favorite uh, uh, Bitcoin companies. Uh, yeah, they have a couple of uh, million uh, users. Um, I'm looking at their page now to see uh, if they, they brag with that or not. Uh, but they have a couple of million users, that, and it's basically a faucet. So you go in there, you, you solve a captcha, you get some Bitcoins uh, for free. Uh, you, there's some gambling features and some, some other little uh, stuff. Uh, but it's, it's basically... A, 
There you go. They have 16 million uh, registered users. Um, and and uh, not many of uh, the Western Bitcoiners that are all about uh, uh, the holding uh, mentality uh, know about like that there is an ecosystem of that stuff as well, uh, which uh, which I think is super interesting and super exciting that there are people that, that value Bitcoin as money uh, and maybe uh, for different reasons uh, don't want to buy it or can't buy it or maybe don't even care about Bitcoin, right? I think, again, if we count backwards from, from, uh, uh, from the, the success case, uh, we're, we're, I think nobody thinks that we're going to live in a world where all 7 billion people are, are Bitcoin enthusiasts and, and maximalists and go to conferences, right? Uh, most of the people are going to be, okay, this is money. I can, uh, mm. I can earn it with work and I can uh, pay people and pay services with it. And, and I think that we already see like slight indications of uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think it's, it's still very early, but probably if, uh, if, uh, if I was starting something entirely new, I would probably like, look in, in that area uh, for, for opportunities. Because I think that there is a, there is a huge uh, demand sure. for, for earning coins. Um, and uh, uh, it's something that is going to be desperately needed for, uh, for, for us to have a circulating economy. Plus that it's needed for uh, in, in countries where maybe there's no exchanges or even if there's legal issues and things like that. Um, yeah, I guess maybe I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll stop there for, for now. Yeah, sure. No, I think it's an interesting way to put it. I think what we can talk about is how many people frame it as merchant adoption, but actually what you're right. discussing here is more like earner adoption, people trying to earn bitcoins right. from you know online payments and i think that's the other really cool thing with bitcoin and with lightning is this kind of unstoppable payments narrative um it can enable people to work right and get and, paid uh, online yeah, for services. It's, uh, you know we we created this uh, this meme uh, of merchant adoption which is a quite you know it's a clunky expression you know, no no child uh, thinks about merchant adoption it's something that we learned uh, and uh, uh, and uh, we've uh, been doing that in uh, in, uh, in in the Bitcoin world since uh, I guess 2012 or something. Um, and I guess we've gotten to a certain point. But I also know because I you know I I run one of the bigger merchant services uh, out there, so I kind of know like what, what the demand is and so on. And uh, and uh, I think that we should uh, as a community. Uh, similar uh, efforts that have been spent uh, on, on merchant adoption on all levels, you know, all, both on on uh, uh, on low uh, like uh, a person going to bug uh, their local cafe to accept Bitcoin payments to the the CEOs of uh, uh, of, uh, uh, of Bitcoin companies uh, pitching it into Expedia. I think in a similar way as a community, we should start thinking about uh, about earner adoption or payer adoption. You know, maybe bug the same cafe for for paying out uh, tip money in Bitcoin to their staff, uh, or or bug uh, online uh, uh, gig economy sites to start paying out in, uh, in Bitcoin. Things like that. I think there's a lot of stuff to be done there. So I think that would be one way is looking at some of these two-way market companies. So something like an eBay or an Airbnb. These kinds of companies allowing payout in bitcoin right and i think that uh yeah, that in a, a, lot of, a lot of people would actually be quite happy to uh, to get their uh, payouts that way again sort of if you think about it from a uh, from a perspective that uh, and most people in the world live in countries where the local currency isn't all that good yeah, most people in the world live in a world where uh, the look you kind of know that the local currency it has a constant inflation and a constant risk for hyperinflation at any given time. Uh, and in such a world, I think a lot of people will be very happy to get their Airbnb earnings in Bitcoin, for example. Okay. And then what, what, what are some other things that you think, you know, people in the Bitcoin community, as it were, what, what could they do to help earner adoption? 
Well, I guess uh, uh, that's uh, a big question uh, right now uh, that we need to, to, to experiment with uh, and, and try stuff. Yeah, sure. Both, uh, uh, both pitching it to, to existing companies, starting new companies. Uh, I know of several projects that have now or before tried to create uh, something like a, a Fiverr or something, but for, for Bitcoin. I haven't really seen any of them take off in a big way yet, but I think that there's uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting uh, task uh, uh, task based uh, concepts that can be tried, uh, and just you know paying people <laughs> uh, paying people in 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 Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, here in Sweden we used to have uh, at the at the local uh, meetups, uh, we would—I uh, don't know if that still happens—but we would always try to, to you know, we would pay in regular money, but we would try to tip the waitress in in Bitcoin. Uh, so, by the way, should check in on that because <laughs> yeah, probably pr- probably some of those waitresses are <laughs> they got quite rich if, if they still. If they still have the wallet, which uh, which is another of the, the issues that we have. Yeah, here. sure. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then uh, I guess, do you have any uh, comments or stories that you could tell, you know, Western listeners about uses of bit refill that might not be obvious to the Western world? Right. So I guess one such thing is that when when someone finds out uh, about Bitcoin in the first place, uh, either from a friend or at some type of uh, uh, meetup. Uh, everybody's first reaction is, you know, ah, oh, it's a scam, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and what happens then is like uh, the other person says, they, like, oh, it's not a scam. Uh, here, let me show you. I can buy stuff with it. Uh, and we've seen quite a bit of uh, uh, activity like that uh, where uh, where uh, uh, where bit refill is used as uh, sort of to prove <laughs> uh, to prove uh, uh, the point that Bitcoin is money uh, that it can be converted into things that are valuable uh, online and uh, I think that's quite cool. It also has a downside because it also means that scammers <laughs> will will also use bit refill to to convince people that they're uh, their particular scam is uh, is, uh, uh, is is real money, yeah, because the scammers try to conflate uh, whatever scam that they're doing with uh, with Bitcoin itself right. in different ways. Yeah, and that's something that we we kind of need to uh, struggle with in in different ways. But it's uh, uh, it's a little bit uh, uh, a little bit tricky. Um, some of the other stuff, I mean. Uh, generally, when you're selling, like we are selling digital goods that are, that are valuable, um, that's a category of products that is, uh, uh, you know, like the highest rated risk for fraud. Um, well, simply because if you have, if you're a hacker and you bought hundred uh, thousand uh, uh, stolen credit cards somewhere, then you going to try to cash them out uh, by buying different types of digital goods and then maybe even uh, even uh, in different ways reselling them for cash at a discount um, and so uh, some uh, some sites like this there's a local gift card site here that uh, has opening hours <laughs> uh, it's open uh, you know it's open nine to six uh, and I, uh, I was thinking along. Like it took a while until I realized, like, why is it? Why does it have opening hours? Well, it has opening hours because there is a human that is sitting there and going through the orders to make sure that there is nothing uh, untoward. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, that there is no right. And so, with uh, uh, by working with uh, uh, with, uh, with Bitcoin, we we kind of don't need to deal with that type of problem uh, at all. Uh, it, the money that we get, we know that we got it. Uh, there's other problems <laughs> uh, that we need to deal with, of course, but but that particular one uh, is something that uh, that uh, is, is not an issue, and it also means that we can offer our services in uh, uh, in a lot of countries where 
where the online payment infrastructures are are lacking, you know, or, or are not trusted, or things like that. Yeah. Whereas we can be like, hey, it just works. You, know, you can be almost anywhere you want. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Uh, and what about the wealth effect? Have you seen a bit of a wealth effect in terms of, you know, if Bitcoin has just gone through a big bull market, did you see a lot of people, more people spending on bit refill compared to if, you know, the price is lower sure. or there was a bear market? Sure, absolutely. Uh, it, it is absolutely like that. And I think, uh, I don't know if the wealth effect is necessarily... Uh, the right uh, uh, framework to look at it, uh, but uh, because you could also just uh, see it as uh, that the person does uh, mental accounting, you know, some type of uh, subconscious portfolio management, and if it uh, if uh, if Bitcoin is up, uh, and uh, they are like feeling that they maybe uh, have more Bitcoin than they would like to be exposed to compared to their other assets. And those people are more likely to, to be spent. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's like uh, a rebalancing. If they, if they, right? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, in a way. And if uh, obviously, if uh, somebody uh, has uh, both uh, both a uh, Bitcoin option and a non-Bitcoin option, and uh, the person uh, uh, you know is trying to get more Bitcoins, then it doesn't make sense for them uh, to be spending it. But it is absolutely the case that we see yeah a lot more uh, a lot more purchases when uh, when uh, when uh, bitcoin is uh, uh, is going up there's even uh, like there's even nuances in that uh, which we've tried to catch in different ways uh, because like when there is for example if there's uh, uh, panic <laughs> uh, and people are just trying to to uh, dump the coins really fast uh, then, then too we we see a spike in in, in our volumes. Uh, whereas, when if Bitcoin is is going up uh, rapidly, uh, then at the time that, that it is is going up, people are kind of holding on to the coins a little bit longer. Uh, but when it's uh, when it's up, uh, they'll they'll be uh, be spending it again. Right. So it's almost a difference in the in the speed of the price rise that drives different behaviors in terms of purchasing well in a way yeah. in a way yeah but but i mean the wealth effect uh, framework is more right than it is wrong so it, it is a good uh, good way of uh, looking at it and, and and that's also the thing is that we we know uh, right now that there's some like on the order of tens of millions uh, of people that that have coins uh, if uh, if there's another bull run uh, bull run and then many of those are going to go into uh, into the spending category, uh, and uh, that's going to be an interesting time. And that's kind of what we're building for, embracing for. Yeah, talk um, to us a little bit about the cyclical nature of some, you know, Bitcoin and crypto businesses. They have had to sort of weather the the down the downtrends and then kind of make hay while the sun shines when the bull run is happening. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? It's a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, it's uh, definitely to some extent uh, like that. You can also sort of say that uh, when when there is a hype, uh, a lot of uh, effort goes into just keeping up with it. Uh, whereas when the hype is lower, you you have uh, time and energy to 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 build new stuff and improve. Uh, to make sure that uh, you can uh, you, you can deal with the next type uh, when that comes. Mm, yeah, um, that might also help. Yeah, but yeah there on. is there, but there is definitely the cyclical effect, and uh, there's even uh, things uh, like uh, how uh, how capital is uh, is invested. You know, when at the peak uh, of uh, uh, of the the hype cycle. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, uh, people uh, in crypto are feeling rich, and there you have a wealth effect because they, then they're very eager to invest uh, their coins into into projects, uh, and the projects in turn start using that capital uh, and uh, uh, hire people, uh, which uh, means that they gradually liquidate uh, uh, some of their coins, either all at once or or uh, you know stepwise. But and that's kind of like that is uh, 
uh, that is uh, the the selling pressure or the burn rate of uh, of the ecosystem, uh, which is also I think not entirely uh, been discussed. Like the, we discuss uh, the burn rate of uh, of miners and how they're uh, liquidating coins, but it's also the case that that uh, startups uh, start like after a bull uh, bull market, startups uh, receive capital and start uh, start spending that capital, and that spending creates selling pressure. Um, and I think that uh, if you view Bitcoin from uh, from the perspective of of it being uh, like a country, uh, like a country with its own currency, then uh, this uh, does resemble in some ways uh, uh, a business cycle. Uh, that in an upcycle, capital gets invested, uh, which in turn <laughs> uh, gradually creates a, a downwards pressure. Downwards pressure creates more efficiency, which <laughs> uh, which creates a new uh, upcycle and so on. Yeah, fascinating uh, about the way the cycles apply in Bitcoin and Bitcoin businesses. Uh, okay, so Sergey, do you have any other thoughts around um, you know what you see as potential opportunities for companies who do Bitcoin and Lightning well? What kind of opportunities are there in this space? That's a, a really good uh, uh, good question. I would say that uh, the opportunities uh, that I'm seeing uh, is are the ones that uh, don't necessarily involve uh, a direct conversion uh, to or from uh, fiat currency. Yeah. So things like uh, like earning, yeah, things uh, you know, what are different ways that that people can can acquire coins? Uh, what are different ways that people can uh, can uh, uh, pay <laughs> uh, other Bitcoiners uh, in other countries to do things. Uh, I think uh, in, in those areas, there's uh, a lot of stuff to be done and a lot of really cool and successful businesses uh, that uh, also don't depend on, uh, on the, the goodwill of, uh, of uh, regulation uh, and, uh, and that can... Uh, can uh, can be more sure uh, to uh, to s- survive, but like to to go strong through a period uh, if uh, the regulation in the country in question turns turns to the negative. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. And I suppose just if you've got any closing thoughts, Sergey, or perhaps um maybe for a closing question, we can ask you, what do you think the Bitcoin ecosystem needs most over the next year or two? Well, I think uh, uh, over the yeah, I'm going to be talking about earning again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because I, th- I think that that's that is what what we need. I think that there's opportunities, uh, uh, if if nothing else, uh, in Bitcoiners earning money by onboarding other people to become Bitcoiners. So something similar to what uh, what uh, local Bitcoins is doing, for example, uh, where where people can earn a buck. Uh, by becoming uh, a, a sort of uh, distributed uh, uh, on-ramp, off-ramp. Uh, but other than that, I think that we, what we also, I guess, uh, what I would like to see is, uh, is more, uh, more experimenting with, uh, uh, with real stuff, uh, both when it comes to uh you know, you know like use, use mainnet <laughs> for things. Maybe it's okay. Uh, maybe there's uh, uh, there are people that are uh, that are reckless enough to, to try stuff, uh, and uh, maybe it's uh, okay if uh, some things uh, uh, fail, uh, as long as we communicate very clearly and use uh, uh, use uh, wise approaches to to, to mitigate uh, uh, potential downsides. But uh, I would say that that's one of those, like, let's try to, uh, especially with uh, with Lightning now, uh, where we're seeing a lot of really interesting uh, sort of uh, hackathons and uh, small projects. Uh, I'm curious to see what what are what are some uh, some uh, things where real world uh, uh, value is being exchanged. Uh, what are things that can be built in uh, in, in that regard? 
because that's what's going to uh, that's going to speed up the learning cycle. Because when you're when you're only dealing with uh, uh, with uh, tinkers or you're only dealing with uh, uh, with proof of concepts and so on, you're not really learning. You're you're learning somewhat, but you're not getting the full feedback from from the market and what the market wants. And uh, I think that we should all be um, be more uh, more aggressive with uh, with uh, uh, with uh, testing stuff. At least on all, like each on themselves. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Not 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 to not to encourage other people to uh, to necessarily uh, be reckless, and especially to to understate the risks, but uh, but to Sort of, uh, you know, not, not. I think not be afraid to try some some real stuff. I think we're uh, we're getting to that point where uh, where we should be doing uh, real things. And this is also, I guess, one of the reasons why, if you look at uh, the altcoin ecosystem, where there's a lot of different proofs of concepts and partnerships and uh, that kind of stuff. Um, but like, where is the the real world? usage you know and a lot of the real world usage is in the bitcoin world which is cool and i think that we should continue to to do the real world stuff even if it's sometimes maybe a little bit uh, a little bit boring yeah sure okay i think that's um a great way to summarize it then so i think it's basically our conversation has been a lot about earner adoption and really making bitcoin work in the real world for real applications and just as it mainstreams so listeners uh if you want to find sergey you can find him online his twitter handle is at zigamon uh and bitrefill.com have you got anywhere else that you want the listeners to we want them to find you no that's so good and there's the bitrefill twitter account as well at bitrefill excellent okay well thanks very much for coming on sergey Thanks so much for having me. So that was my conversation with Sergey Kotliar. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I found it particularly interesting in terms of his story of accepting Bitcoin over Lightning Network and the benefits that that represents for customers. I also thought it was really cool how he mentioned the increased ability to attract young technical talent who are drawn to the Lightning Network and want to work on this. Lastly, it was a really interesting reframe in, in terms of earner adoption instead of pushing merchant adoption so that's another thing to think about as well remember to subscribe to my podcast search stefan levera podcast on itunes or your podcast app if you enjoy it please give me a five star rating and share it with your friends that's it from me thanks guys and i'll speak to you soon